I hope everybody's logged in and ready to go. This is probably going to be the the first of a few uh, live broadcasts that we'll do, and I got a good congregation. Uh, they're not mouthy. Uh, I don't have to worry about any feedback today. Um, the perks of being a CPR instructor, I got to bring my congregation with me today. Um, we don't know exactly how long we'll be doing this. I do know that um, uh, at least for the next couple weeks, we're going to try to go live. I, I, it looks like it may be working up here, so I'll be able to do it from here at the church. It makes me feel more at home. Um, but we'll uh, we'll reconsider uh, getting together for the Easter service um, closer to that time. We're just not sure, you know, how the virus is going to be and spread and, and all that stuff. So for now, we're going to we're going to keep doing this. Keep doing the um, the devotions live in the mornings. Uh, I like that. I hope y'all like it. It's been good for me. It's been really encouraging to, to see you guys uh, watching it and the feedback as well. So uh, we're going to open up this morning in prayer, and then we're going to go into uh, the message out of First Peter. So let's pray. Father, this evening or this morning, God, uh, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. Lord, it ain't very often we get to thank you for uh, technology, but uh, on today's like today, God, we're thankful that uh, we're able to reach out to the congregation or we're able to reach out to those unable to be in the the presence of one another uh, here at the church. And I pray that uh, you bless the homes that are represented today. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that you bless those that, uh, Lord, that may be shut in today just and haven't got to experience uh, human contact for a couple of days or weeks. I pray that just through this message, Lord, through this service, Lord, they'd feel encouraged, they'd feel your presence. And Lord, they know that you're real and you're still with them. No matter where we're, uh, we're quarantined or wherever we're locked up, Lord, you're going to be right there in our presence. And God, we thank you for that. Lord, I do pray for those uh, special objects that each one of us have on our hearts, for those that may be lost, for those that may be hurting, or those that may be sick, uh, those that may have just uh, lost loved ones. Lord, we just uh, found out yesterday that an individual that uh, I went to school with, Lord, just passed away. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would be with that family um, in the days to come. Father, we do pray that you would bless this time that we have together, bless this service. Our brothers and sisters down the road, Lord, as they do the exact same thing, Father, I pray that you'd bless their time uh, together. And Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do through this time of uh, tribulation that we're going through right now, all this time of turmoil that we're going through right now. God, I can't wait to see what happens and what, what you do for us at the very end of all this. All this your son's name we pray. Amen. We're going to be over in First uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, verse uh, 3 through 6 here in just a second. First Peter one three through six, um, and, and we're we're going to look at, at finding joy because that's something that nowadays uh, we need. Uh, it just seems like every time you turn on the TV, every time you look at your computer, every time you turn on the radio, all you see is negative, negative, negative. Now we do need to heed to the warnings that we hear on the the TV or wherever uh, about this virus and staying home and and how to uh, stay clean and protect ourselves. We we need to hear that stuff. But it just seems so negative right now, and so we feel like we're, we're suffering. We're suffering because we're not around uh, people. We're suffering because we're not around family and friends. Some of us can't go to work. Uh, we can't be around coworkers. Um, and so we're suffering, and, and we feel like there's absolutely no joy that can come out of this time that we have uh, at home by ourselves. Well, there's a lot of joy that can come out of this if we really dig deep. Uh, several. Uh, I've talked to a lot of preachers this week. I feel like... For me, out of this, the joy that's came out of it so far is the fact that I have gotten closer with a lot of my preacher friends here lately. 
uh, we're always bouncing ideas off of each other and trying to figure out, you know, how's the best way to interact with our congregation without interacting with our congregation and how's the best way to, to communicate. Uh, and and it's, it's been great for us. Uh, but another great thing has been the, the closeness in the family time right now. Uh, you come home, if, you, if you're able to work, you, you get to, to come home and spend quality time with your family. If you're not able to work at your, your job, you're at home and you're able to work. Um, or at least at home, and you're getting to spend quality family time together without many distractions. And, and I think that is some joy that we're finding in it right now. But we can find joy in the midst of this suffering. And, and Peter's telling us about this over in what we're about to read. He's saying that all the suffering that we're going through, there is going to be some joy in this. There's going to be a lot of joy in this when it's said and done. And we can take courage, and we can rejoice knowing that after we've been through all that we're going through, and I can say right now through this, this virus, there will be joy at the end of this. But go back in your life and you look at, at the trials that we went through in our lives. There was joy at the end of those trials. You've seen uh, through the death of a loved one. You've seen salvation from another loved one. You've seen through the sickness of someone that the strength in God has gotten stronger in another. Uh, you know, we see the joy coming out of this, out, out of these sufferings. And we're going to find joy in all this. If you haven't already found it, we're going to find this joy uh, in all the suffering that we're going through right now. We will find joy in it all. And uh, I've got it marked here in my Bible. Um, and I wish I knew the date on it. But a dear, sweet man of God that I, I admired dearly for years, Preacher Carl Wilson, one of the last things that he ever preached, uh, he preached out of Second Timothy, or, I'm sorry, Second Peter, and it says, uh, heaven is worth it all. So no matter what we go through in this life, all these trials and, and things that we're going through, heaven is worth it all. Because when we get to the end, we know that that's going to be our great reward is, is that heaven. And so if you if you got your Bibles, uh, you can stand if you want to. I don't care what you do at home. Uh, hopefully you're wearing your Sunday pajamas for this. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. And it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through the faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6 says, Wherein we or ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through a manifold temptation. Let's pray again. Father, and we just want to stop for a moment. Lord, just ask for your blessings on this service. Ask for your blessing on this time that we have together. God, I do ask uh, for comfort today in those that may be struggling, may be suffering through whatever's taking place in their lives. It, it may be beyond this virus that we're dealing with right now, Lord. I pray that through this suffering, Father, that they would see you at the end of that tunnel. Lord, they would see you at the end of this, this trouble that we're going through. Father, I just pray that they see you through it all. God, I want to thank you for this time. Lord, I pray you bless our time together. Thank you for grace. Father, we thank you for mercy. God, we thank you for love. I'll listen to your son's name we pray. Amen. In the, in the world we live in today, uh, there is suffering going on. And, and I don't think there's a person yet that doesn't know about what's going on. If they are, they're in Antarctica and they are unaware. But everybody knows about what's going on right now. And so there's going to be suffering. And, and I'll promise you this. And, and it's probably not the best time to be talking about it, but I will promise you this. that Once we get through this suffering period with this virus... There's going to be more. 
uh, until the day that the Lord calls us home, there's going to continue to be suffering in our life. So we're not exempt from it. We'll never be exempt from it. We're always going to be suffering in some way. We may have lulls in between our suffering, but we're going to suffer because we're going to have to, to face the death of a loved one. We're going to have to face uh, sickness in our lives. We're going to have to face uh, a lot of uncertainties in our lives. So we're going to continue to suffer, and we're going to continue to, to see uh, some negative stuff in our life, but we've got to always remember that there will be joy at the end of that. The, the, the uh, Mylon Hayes family sings a song, I love it. It's called Finding Joy in Your Journey. In this journey in life that we're on right now, we're going to find the joy in this journey that we're, that we're in. Now, one of the things that we've got to remember, and, and this is a tough one for a, a lot of people, is this is not our home. The, here's the big, the, the, the kicker to all of this that we're going through is the fact that what we're living in right now, this is not our home. Our home is heaven. So the suffering and all that we're going through right now, this is all just temporary. And we need to always hang on to the fact that once we're out of this place, once we're done with this world, once we've made it to heaven, there will be no more suffering. There will be no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more crying, no more tears in heaven. That's what John told us in Revelation. So we need to hang on to the fact that if we can just hang on a little longer, just hang on a little that the, we're not going to have to suffer anymore when we get to heaven. So always hang on to that. But until we reach those shores, we're not home yet. John 16, says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That, folks, if there is a Bible verse right now that should be going along with this uh, uh, this uh, coronavirus right now, I believe this would be the perfect theme for the churches. We hang on to this, to this scripture. I'm going to read it again. These things I have spoken unto you, that in, in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Still good? Okay. Jesus is saying right here that we're going to experience suffering and grief. We're not exempt from it. Jesus is telling us that. Part of this life is, well, that's just going to be hard. That's just all there is to it. That's just a fact of life right there. It's going to be hard, and, and we're going to have to deal with things. I hope and pray that, that there will never be another generation to have to experience what we're going through right now with the, the economy, uh, with the, the, just the bickering back and forth between people, and, and just the, the, the uncertainty, there's no stability in anything right now. Everybody is, is scared, and they don't know what to do. So they, they, they flip out, and they go buy toilet paper for no reason. You know, that's, that's just the kind of world we're living in right now. Nobody knows what to do. We're, we're, we're messed up. We need to be able, we, actually, we need to take our focus off of this fear that we have of a virus and turn all that focus that we have over to Jesus. If we would just focus on him and realize that he is in complete control of this entire situation, I believe we would find that peace. Now, I joke and carry on about what's going on right now because I've found peace. I've found peace in this. I know that he is in control, and I do take it serious. I take it very serious, but I deal with it a little bit differently. I know that God has this. Like we talked about a couple weeks, you know, back in Old Testament, God sends pestilence. God sends things into this world to shake us up, to make us stop and focus back on him. He makes us stop. Go back into the, the 23rd Psalm when he says that he maketh me to lie down beside still waters. He makes us stop. 
And he is making a stop right now. He has made this world stop right now. Now, who's turning and looking to him? Well, number one, you know the churches are. But my prayer through this whole thing is that when this is said and done, not just the churches turn their eyes and focus to God. My prayer is that those unbelievers have turned their eyes to our God, not some little G God, not some idol, you know, not nothing like that. But I pray that those people that are lost and have needed something in their life, that this is what it's taken to shake them up and to turn their eyes and their focus and their heart back to God like it should be. That may be what this whole thing is about. I don't know. Turning to God, it seems right to me. Um, in this life, we, 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 we're going to experience a lot of things that uh, we don't want to experience. Number one thing that we, we're going to experience that we don't like is death, the death of a loved one especially. We don't like that. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it, but that's part of life. Sickness, bad health, that's part of it. We're going to experience pain. That's part of it. We're going to experience that sickness. We're going to experience things that we feel like is just out of our control. We're going to, we're going to, have it, we're going to experience times in our lives where we struggle to, to pay bills or maybe even feed our family. We're going to struggle. We, we are. There's, I don't know that anybody's exempt from that. We're going to, we're going to face these things. But we've got to keep on uh, remembering that during these times of suffering that God is real and God is present and he is in help whenever we are struggling with whatever's going on in our lives. Sometimes we suffer because of, of bad choices that we made. We make bad choices. And I, I will tell you this, sin has consequences. No matter what the, the, the situation might be, if you have dabbled in sin, that sin has a consequence. So some of the suffering that we go through in this life, it's our fault because we brought it on ourselves because of that sin that we were dealing with or dabbling with. We suffer in our relationships sometimes, whether with a spouse or a loved one or a coworker or a friend. Sometimes we suffer through some of those relationships because of something that we've said or done. Sin eats away at us. Sin can eat away at a marriage. Sin will eat away at a, at a relationship. It eats away at our families. It eats away at our jobs. It eats away at our, at our, at our health. It eats away at our communities. That's what sin does. It chips away. At, at the good stuff in us. It chips away at us and it makes us weaker and weaker and it makes us suffer and it takes our eyes off of God. That's what sin does. It, it, it's, just, it's, a, it's something out there that takes our eyes off of God and we need to steer away from that sin. We need to steer and, and focus back on God to get through these tribulations. But sometimes we suffer for doing the right things. Have you, I mean, you ever thought about it? We suffer for doing the right thing. One of the first things that happens when you become a Christian is you begin to suffer because you're going to lose things. As a new creature, as a new creation in Jesus, one of the things that we're going to lose are our old habits, our, our sins in our lives that, um, that we enjoyed, the pleasures that we got out of certain things. They're not going to be pleasurable anymore. There's things that we're going to separate ourselves from and, and, and a time, it's like a withdrawal almost. We will feel that, that suffering, but it's a good suffering because we're on the track where God wants us now. We're on, on that straight and narrow where he wants us, and we're getting away from that sin life where he doesn't want us. We suffer because we live our lives in obedience to Jesus. We suffer because we live our lives by his word. And so we're, that means we're going to separate ourselves from all the negativity. We're going to separate ourselves from the world because we're not of this world once we're saved. So we're going to separate ourselves 
from those people, those that are, are negative influences on us. We're going to separate ourselves from those sinful things, those sinful acts that, that are out there. We're going to get away from that. But for a little while, we may suffer as we get away from that stuff. We are, we're mistreated as Christians, and, and we're persecuted for our faith. That's another thing that, that comes with, with our, our belief, with our Christian faith, is that we're going to suffer for what we believe. We're going to be persecuted for what we believe. We have martyrs out there. They've suffered to the point of death because of what they believe. That's suffering. But the thing about that suffering is they won't suffer no more. They were killed for what they believe, and then God is going to continue to, to honor them. Suffering is real, and everyone will experience that suffering in their lives here on earth. It's, again, it's, we're not exempt. We're, we're going to experience it. So God's telling us through Peter's letter that we can find that joy. There is going to be joy in this journey. Pin your ears back and hold on. It's going to be good. You just got to get through that suffering. Hang on tight. It's going to be a ride, folks. It's going to be good when we get to the very end. It's just like, it's like going to Disney World. We're going to Dollywood. We're going to Carowinds. You know, these rides, your anticipation as you stand in these lines for hours to get on this roller coaster or this ride, and you just, the anticipation is building up, building up, building up, then you finally get on that ride, and it lasts like 45 seconds. But it's such a rush, it was worth the wait. That's what this life is. Folks, we're in line, and we're just waiting for him to call us home, and we're just kind of, we're getting impatient, and we want to get there, but we've got to go through some suffering. Uh, Just like in those the theme parks, you know, sometimes you got to stand out in the heat. Sometimes you're going to get a little sunburnt because of uh, 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 there's no shade or anything like that. We're going to suffer till we get to the good part, and that's what we're doing right now. We're suffering until we get to the good part, and that good part is heaven. Now, Peter himself, he's pretty familiar with suffering. Not only was he there and was able to watch or see and experience the suffering that, that Jesus went through during the, before the crucifixion and while he was crucified, but... He was there and got to experience it on a personal basis because, remember, he denied Christ three times. So personally, he, he got to experience suffering, emotionally suffering for things that, that he done. I mean, for turning Jesus away three times, denying him three times. He had to live with that for the rest of his life, that denial three times. Look at, at verse 6 again. It says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Now verse 6 is telling us not just to rejoice. If you look at it, it says to greatly rejoice. So today, as we go through this, this, uh, this letter from Paul, don't just think about rejoicing through this suffering. We need to think of it as greatly rejoicing, as he has told us there. How do we find joy in the suffering? That's, that's a good question can ask ourselves, how do we find joy in this suffering? Peter tells us no matter what we're experiencing, we can have great joy in this journey. Three things. First thing we're going to look at is living hope. Number one is living hope. Because Jesus is alive and because he is no longer in that grave and because he has defeated death, we have hope. We have something greater than anybody else in this world can ever imagine. We have hope because we have hope in Jesus. God give the same eternal life to each one of us through Jesus by faith. So if we truly believe 
that Jesus is the Son of God, if we truly believe that He was crucified on that cross, if we tr truly believe in our hearts that He was placed in that tomb and that He was resurrected three days early, if we truly believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then we have hope. We have eternal hope. We have blessed hope. We have a hope of eternal salvation. We have a hope that, that we can't even explain to people because we believe in Jesus, and by believing in Him, we know that we have a home in heaven. We know that we have that home. We are secure in knowing that He has given us something that, that nobody else can ever give us. There's nobody on earth, there's nobody anywhere else in this whole world of this universe that can give us that salvation, only Jesus. Jesus tells us, he says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we have to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ so that we can get to the Father. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If we want to see God, if we want to experience that salvation, if we want to experience heaven and we want to be able to, to walk on those streets of gold and be with family members, we have to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ to get there. And then when we do, there will be a little bit of suffering along the way. There's going to be trials along the way. There's going to be some pain and some heartache along the way. But the difference between our pain and heartache as a, as a Christian uh, compared to being a non-believer or not a Christian is we've got help. We've got someone there. We have a comforter inside of us that's going to keep us, um, keep us moving. He's going, to, he's going to grab a hold of our hand. He's going to wrap his loving arms around us, and he's going to walk us through whatever that persecution might be or whatever that valley might be that we're going in. This is something that we can take great joy in. God's mercy has been given to us because Jesus. It ain't just because of Jesus. It's because Jesus is alive. That's what we've got to remember. Jesus is alive. He's not just some statue uh, sitting over in the corner. All right? He is not just uh, some statue that, that may be posted up in, like in some of these other countries where they have their, their little G-God uh, out there. I, I was watching a documentary the other day with Morgan Freeman. And he's going around, it's like a five-part series, and he goes around to all these different countries, and he's looking at all these different religions that are out there. And he was in India, and India has thousands and thousands and thousands of little g-gods. And every corner you go to on the streets, there's a little, a little window, a little box almost, in, in, the, in these walls outside. And there is a, a, a statue or a model of a god in there. And as you walk by, you stop, and you, you pray to that little god, and then you go on about your day. That little God won't do nothing for you. That little God is just a, it's a piece of concrete or a piece of rock or a piece of wood. That thing, all you're doing is, is wasting your breath because it ain't going to get no further than the ceiling. It ain't going to get no further than the tip of your tongue because that's not a God. We can make it a little G-God, but that's not the one true God that we need to be praying to. Because He is alive, we have hope that we will experience that eternal life. Because of the death, on that cross, because of the burial, because of the resurrection, mainly the resurrection, we have hope in eternal life for ourselves and to be with Him. Romans 8.22 tells us, it says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Now listen to this. It says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope 
for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Folks, this, this, is, this is our living hope right here. This is a promise that we have that we can always count on no matter what. We have that, that blessed hope. We, we can't see it. We know it's there. And he, Paul's telling us right there, he says, it's, it's there. Just put your faith in this. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your hope in that resurrection. Put your faith in the Son of God, and he'll get you there. He'll get you at the end of that journey. He's going to get you there. Number two is the inheritance. I like this about the inheritance here. God has given us what the Bible says, what Peter said here, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Think about some inheritances, how, how some of these inheritances work that's out there. New not sure what's going on. I'm cutting in, cutting out. There's numerous ways out there to, to, uh, to inherit something. There's different inheritances out there that we can inherit. When someone passes away, they can leave you property. They could leave you thousands and thousands and thousands of acres, or they might leave you an acre. They might leave you guns. They might leave you uh, a business. They, they, there's different things out there that they can leave you. They'll leave their children or their grandchildren. And then that might be a couple hundred years ago. And then that family is going to continue to hand that down and hand that down and hand that down through the generations until you receive it. And that's your, that's your inheritance. It's what is handed down through the generations to you. Some families have, you know, big estates, and they're going to pass that on to their children as an inheritance. Some may not have much at all to, to, to give away. Uh, every time uh, my dad buys something new, uh, he just tells everybody that, that's just, that he's just spending my inheritance for me, which is, that's fine. That'd be our opponent eventually. So, what is this inheritance though that Peter's talking about? What is this inheritance that Peter is, is, is telling us about so that we can better understand it? Well, he, th this is the way that we need to look at it. An inheritance comes from a family member, typically comes from a father or a mother. Well, this is the inheritance that Peter's talking about. God our Father has given us an inheritance. God the Father has given us as heaven, this uh, home in heaven. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Folks, we're co-heirs with Christ. We're co-heirs with Christ. God the Father that heaven is his. But through our faith in Jesus Christ, we become sons and daughters, and we become co-heirs of heaven. So we get to experience everything in heaven that Jesus is experiencing. We're receiving as, as our inheritance the kingdom that the Father himself has given to his son, Jesus Christ. So we're going to get to experience the exact same thing. Think of it like this. What if a relative... Uh, passed away and they had a couple thousand acres of land and he gave that land to a, a somebody in his family a niece and a nephew brother and sister all right so when he gave that land to them he gave it to them as co-heirs so they own it together they're not going to go down there and split it and say you get this thousand i get this thousand they're co-heirs they get it together 
That's the same with us. There's no such thing as greed in heaven. There's no such thing as even owning heaven because God owns everything. We're just co-heirs with Christ because we are the sons and daughters. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. So that's, that's how we become co-heirs. That's where that inheritance comes from. We share our inheritance with the one that rests uh, with, I'm sorry, with all of the rest of God's children. So whether they be a, a Methodist or a Presbyterian or a Lutheran, Episcopalian, or even a Catholic and even a Baptist, if they believe in Jesus Christ, if they have put their faith and trust in him, it doesn't matter the denomination that they are in. If they truly believe in Jesus Christ and put their faith and trust in him, then they become our brother or our sis sister and we are co-heirs with them. We're co-heirs together. Not just these individual churches that are in, around here. It's not just Chestnutdale. It's not just uh, Yellow Mountain. Or it's not just uh, Willow Valley. It's not just these little churches. It's the church. We are all co-heirs with Jesus Christ in this inheritance. And that inheritance being heaven. Together we inherit the glorious riches, riches of God's, God's kingdom. Now number three is salvation. This is a pretty important one right here, salvation. We can greatly rejoice in our salvation. Verse 5 tells us, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. If you are truly a believer in Jesus Christ, then you can be sure of your salvation. You can be sure. If you have at some point in your life, if you can recall the time and the place, or at least recall that what took place and you felt a movement and you felt that drawing to him like you, you knew you was a lost sinner and you knew things needed to be changed in your life you knew that you needed to get things right with God and you said Lord please forgive me Lord I have failed you I have come short I'm not worthy but Lord would you please forgive me where I failed you I need you in my life would you be my savior then you got it then you've got it we need that. That's that salvation. And it's not that you just got it and then sometime down the road, if you don't want it, you can throw it away. When you get it, you get it. And when you got it, you don't want to get rid of it. There's no reason. I've never met a soul out there that's ever got it and ever wanted to get rid of it. Most people I've ever talked to said, I wish I got it quicker than I did. That's the way it is. That's the way we are. When we realize how good God is, we kick ourselves for not putting our trust in him a long time ago, for beating around the bush the way that we have for not uh, looking to him for all the trouble that we was in in the past when we needed somebody to pull us through it, we kick ourselves for it. So that salvation is ours and we're locked in. The one true living God is more powerful than any other God that there might be out there, which none of them are real. They just pray into these little G gods. But if these little G gods, all these other little gods and these demons and these spirits and everything that people uh, are worshiping right now, if you used to put them all together, our God's still more powerful than all of them put together. Our God is the one true, living, loving God. So there is no other God out there. Nobody can trump our God. Nobody is more powerful than our God. Nobody is more loving than our God. Nobody shows more long-suffering than our God. Nobody shows more mercy to his children than our God. Nobody shows more grace. Nobody extends more grace to us than our God. 
So why would you want to look anywhere else? Why would you want to put your trust, why would you want to put faith in something that doesn't love you? Why would you put your faith in something that you can't talk to? Why would you put your faith in something that doesn't exist, that something that is dead? makes no sense to me. So let's put our faith and our trust, let's put our salvation in just God alone and not worry about anything else because there is no other salvation into anybody else. Only Jesus. He is the only one that we can go through. All authority, all power belongs to God. And I was thinking about this last night as I studied. My girls, if either of my girls or my nephews, if either of them four was ever in trouble, I would bend over backwards. If they's ever in danger, I would do everything in my power to protect them. That's what I do. That's what I would do as a parent. That's what I do as an uncle. I'm going to protect them the best of my ability and the same with you if someone in your family was being threatened was was uh was being under attack you would jump in to protect them that's what we do listen to what john says in john 10 actually just jesus talking here he says my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me and i give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand my father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Ain't that encouraging? That's what he does. That's what we do as parents, as we protect. We, we hold our children as tightly, as closely as we can, and we protect them. And that's what our Heavenly Father is doing for us right now. He has got us in his hand, and it says nothing can pluck us out of his hand. There ain't a thing in this world. You can go back to Revelations 8, 38 and 39. There ain't a thing in this world that can separate us, that can pluck us out of God's hand, that can separate us from the love of Jesus. There ain't a thing out there. Don't bother looking. You're going to waste your time. There is only one God, and that's the God that we are to serve. Only one God. Our salvation is safe in his hands. The salvation Peter's talking about here in, 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 uh, in verse 5 at the very end here, it says, um, through faith into salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time here. This What Peter's talking about is a time of the final judgment right here, and I'm going to read it for you real fast. Over, it's in uh, Matthew 25:31, And it says, And when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom and prepare, kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. Verse 41 says, then shall, they, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Verse 46 says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. That's, that's, that's heaven and hell, folks, right there. That's heaven and hell, eternal life. We're going to get it one way or the other. But for those that believe in Jesus, that eternal life that we have is going to be in heaven, and we're going to get to experience the goodness of heaven. Those that have rejected Jesus or have not been saved, 
they're not going to get that. They're going to get eternal life and damnation. They're going to get eternal life in hell, and they're going to be tortured and tormented, and, and the heat and the smoke and all the things that you're going to experience down there, all that you're going through in this life right now is nothing. If you think it's bad right now, you ain't seen nothing. Hell is awful. There is I cannot describe how bad hell is and the torture and the torment that you would go through. Why would you want that? Parents, why would you want that for your children? We need children in our churches right now. We need, they need to be brought up in the church. They need to be taught and they need to hear the preaching of how much Jesus loves them. They need to, be, they need to understand that hell is just as, he, as real as heaven. The devil is just as real as Jesus. They need to understand this. And it ain't just kids. Adults need to know this. A lot of adults grow up thinking that the Bible is just a fairy tale. They grow up with some basic knowledge of the Bible and who Jesus is, but they've never accepted it into their heart. So there's a problem there. So we need to get the word out. And when these church doors finally get back open, we need people back in our churches. Church, we need to be getting out there and bringing people in. When this thing is said and done, and all praise and glory goes to God for getting us through this, what an opportunity to come back to people and say, my God did this. My God brought us through this. You need to be worshiping this God. You need to be worshiping the one that loves you beyond measure. Come be with us and learn a little bit more. Come be with us and put your faith in his son. That's what we need to be doing. If you belong to Jesus, then you have... Um, you have nothing to fear. This, is, this to me, is worthy of, of that great rejoicing that Peter's talking about. Great rejoicing. No matter how difficult our struggles might be, this is not our home. We've got to hang on to that. And our salvation is safe in God's hands. It is safe. When you put it there, nobody's going to take it away. You don't have to worry about it burning up. You don't have to worry about it disappearing. You don't have to worry about it ever being tarnished or ever, or ever rusting or anything like that. It's safe and it's secure in his hand. Look at verse 6 again. It says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. We can rejoice because of the living hope that God has given us. We can greatly rejoice in that living hope that he's given us. We can rejoice because of that rich inheritance that's waiting for us that we talked about, that heavenly home that we have, that just being, I don't care if I have a home in heaven or not, just being there is good enough for me. I'll, I'll sleep on those streets. I don't care what, as long as I'm just there, and I'll be there. That's what matters. That's that inheritance that we have got. And after I get to heaven, I'm not going to go in empty-handed, okay? I'm not going to need my family to, to send me things after I die. We know that can't happen. And I don't need to take nothing with me when I die. We know that can't happen anyway. The inheritance that I have waiting for me up there is unimaginable. It's something that we can't even dream of. It's so great when we get there. I don't want anything from this world. Why would I want to take anything from this world with me? I, I don't want to take my dogs with me. You know, I don't want to take my guns with me. I don't want to take my truck with me. The only thing down here that I want to be with me when I get to heaven is my family. my friends it's those that I've tried to reach out to and touch and tell them about Jesus that's the only thing down here that I want to see when I'm up there 
That should be what drives every one of us, is that salvation, knowing that our family is going to be there when we get there. We may beat them there. I don't know. They may beat us there. I can't take anything with me from here, and that's fine. This world ain't nothing but sin. Sin ain't allowed in heaven. But that's all that I want when I get there. It's all those people that I've come in contact with to be able to, to meet me there, to shake my hand. That's what I want. I don't want anything in this world. I can rejoice because I believe in Jesus. I can greatly rejoice because I believe in Jesus. I can greatly rejoice when somebody believes in Jesus, when they give that testimony. I, I don't just rejoice with them. I greatly rejoice with them because I know that they got things right with Jesus. I can rejoice in that. I believe, I believe in Jesus. With my whole heart, I believe in Him. I believe that He is God's Son. I believe that He was born of Virgin Mary. I believe that He lived a perfect, sinless life. I believe that with my whole heart. I believe that He was put under a false trial and persecuted. I believe that He was hung on a cross and, and nailed to that cross, and He had a, a crown of thorns placed on His head, and I believe that He was mocked, and I believe that they put that vinegar on His tongue, and I believe that, that they pierced His side, and I believe that He was put in a tomb, and I believe that He was sealed up in that tomb for three days, and I believe that that tomb was rolled away, and I believe that tomb is still empty. I believe that. I believe that Jesus is still on the right-hand side of God. I believe that in my whole heart. I believe that. I put my faith and I put my hope and I put my trust in that. Folks, I believe in Jesus. And that's what we need to do in this time of, of tribulation, this time of, of trials that we're going through right now. We have got to believe in Jesus. You can't, you can't believe in anything else right now. We've got to be able to put our, our trust in Him. We have to believe in Jesus and Jesus alone. We can truly find joy in our suffering right now if we would just do that. We don't enjoy suffering itself. I've never met anybody that really enjoyed suffering. But we're going to go through it. Going through hard times, we're going to experience, um, we're going to experience grief and heartache, and those experiences are, are never fun. What do we do as, as humans, as flesh? We, we try to avoid those. We, we don't want to be around it. But you know what? Babies are still born. You ever think about it that way? For you women... It can be painful. The, the, the pregnancy process, as you grow, as the baby grows, as, as it grows and the pain that comes with it, the discomfort that comes with it, then you go into the childbirthing part and the pain that comes with it. But what happens at the very end? The pain and suffering of that, that, that pregnancy, there's joy in the end of it because you get to hold your little baby. Your mamas go through that pain and that suffering for nine, ten months. And at the very end of that pain and the suffering is the joy. And you get to hold that joy. And then you get to watch that joy grow. You get to, to be there and experience when that joy experiences joy. But you're also there when that joy gets to experience hard times. So that pain and the suffering through in that pregnancy, it's worth it all because of that joy that comes at the very end of it. And to get to watch that joy grow. We can have strength to keep going no matter how hard the struggle is because we're going to fix our eyes on that joy that's in, in front of us. And that's heaven. Now Jesus, 
here is a, is a prime example of suffering and finding joy in suffering. Jesus knew that he was about to experience excruciating, unimaginable suffering. He knew it. He, he seen it coming. He knew what was getting ready to happen. And he said this to his disciples over in Mark 14. It says, And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And then the Bible tells us that he fell on his face and he prayed. Jesus got down on his face and he prayed, Luke 22, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Never, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jesus was obedient to do the Father's will. He was obedient. He was going to do it. He didn't run away from the suffering. He knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. He didn't run away from it, though. He may have wanted to run, but he chose to endure. He, just, he, he chose to, to endure the cross for us because he knew that th at the end of this journey, there was going to be great joy. And it wasn't just the great joy for him to be reunited with the Father. The great joy for him was also the fact that for those of us that believe in Jesus Christ, the joy came knowing that we would get to rejoice with Him in heaven. We would get to be a part. We would be those co-heirs with Him in heaven. So He found joy in that as well. There's joy in this suffering. He was able to see this joy that was set before Him, and it gave Him the strength to endure. I want to read uh, Hebrews 12 real fast. It says, Therefore, or Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every way and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and, set, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, uh, striving against sin. If you're facing trials today, and I believe every one of us has got a, a trial that we're facing right now, I pray that this, these words from 1 Peter would encourage you. I pray that the words that were read, for, uh, that Jesus spoke, I pray that you find some encouragement in that. It's been a long couple, three weeks or so for all of us, and, and it ain't going to get no better for a little while. But my prayer is that each person would turn their eyes to Jesus to find that encouragement. My prayer is that each one of us, as we struggle, as we suffer, and it may be something beyond this virus right now, Maybe something personal in your life. Maybe you're struggling with conviction in your life right now because you know who Jesus is. You've got him up here. You've got John 3.16 down pat up here, but you've never actually asked him into your heart. Maybe you're struggling with that today. Let me tell you, you'll find peace at the end of this journey. You're going to find peace at the end of this struggle because that struggle that you're feeling is that conviction. That's the Holy Spirit. Just go ahead and ask Jesus in your heart and you're going to find joy, and you'll find peace in that like you've never felt before. If you're a believer in Jesus, then you can have joy right now by fixing your eyes on Him. That's it. Just fix your eyes on Him. Nothing else. Don't let these worldly distractions get you off track. 
Just focus your eyes on Him. Turn your faith, turn everything you got inside of you to Him. And don't worry about the world. Focus on Him. Now, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, if, if for some reason you, you've just you've put it off and put it off and put it off, well, I'm going to be real honest with you right now. You need to stop with that. Don't be putting Him off. Don't put Him off. That, that song says don't put off tomorrow what can, what can happen today or something like that. We need it to happen today. You need it to happen today because we don't know what's going to happen in this world. This virus may, may get worse than we can ever imagine, and we may, we're not promised tomorrow anyway. So today would be an awesome day. While you're at home in your pajamas, drinking your coffee and eating your, your croissants or whatever you got in front of you, today would be a perfect day to put all that stuff down and get down on your face and ask Jesus to be your Savior. Today would be a perfect day. Right there in front of your family, get down and pray. Just ask Jesus to forgive you and, and let him in your life. Be your Savior. What a perfect day. Without Jesus, there is no purpose for your struggles right now. None whatsoever. And there will be no relief in death. You think it's bad now. It's a lot worse after death in hell. We read earlier about uh, those who would do, uh, who uh, do not belong to Jesus will be cast away in, in that eternal punishment over in Matthew. Those that don't believe in Jesus will be cast away. You hear one of two things from Jesus. Well done, a good and faithful servant. And he's going to welcome you into heaven, or you're going to hear, depart from me, for I know you not. That's the other thing. When he says depart from me, that means hell. If you think the pain and sorrow and troubles of this life are bad, this is nothing compared to what's ahead of you if you don't know Jesus. So this morning, we're going to close out here in just a moment. And I'm going to ask everybody, if they will, just to, to quietly bow their heads, and, and we're going to pray. And if there will be someone watching this morning, that struggled with their salvation, there's somebody watching today that needs Jesus. Today would be that day. And you can call me later and tell me what happened, and I'll rejoice with you. I don't care if you put a big amen across the screen here after a while. However you want to do it, today would be a perfect day for salvation. Let's pray. Father, this morning, God, I, I, I want to thank you. God, I want to thank you for, uh, it may sound odd to some, but Lord, I thank you for these trials that we go through. Lord, for these struggles, Lord, because right now we're a weak people. We're a weak world. We're a weak nation. Father, we, we struggle right now with decisions uh, that we have to make. We, we struggle with decisions that have been made uh, on our behalf. But, God, I pray that these decisions that have been made were made through your guidance. God, I pray that these decisions that were made uh, came from you. Lord, this, this is your will that's taking place right now. Father, today as, as we get ready to close out and go about our business, God, I just ask that if there be one in the sound of my voice, Lord, if there be one that may be watching this right now, struggling with that salvation, Lord, they're struggling with, with things going on in their life. They're, they're dealing with pain. They're dealing with their own sufferings, their own emotions, Lord, that are just wearing them out. and they just, they're, They've hit rock bottom. God, I pray if there be someone out there today that needs you, that today they'd find you. Lord, you're right there waiting for them just to call out to you. Lord, I pray today that somebody would get down on their face. Lord, I pray that somebody today that's watching this, Lord, just get down right now on their knees. Ask for that forgiveness. Lord, I pray that they'd ask you into their heart. Because like I said earlier, there's, there's no promise for tomorrow. I don't know what's going to take place. Nobody here knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the next month. 
Lord, today would be the perfect day for salvation for somebody. God, I pray that the, the convicted spirit will continue to be upon them until they get things right with you. Lord, I pray today for those sister churches that we have up and down these roads and these, uh, these, these counties and this state, Lord, and this nation. I pray that they find peace in what we're having to do, Lord, uh, by isolating ourselves. I pray that there be peace come from these live streams or these pre-recorded sermons that are going on too. Lord, I, I pray that, that it would honor you no matter what we do. Lord, we're, we're trying awful hard to continue to, to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, I pray you, you'd bless us for that. God, as we go about this week, I pray that you would continue to protect us, protect your children, protect your church. And God, I, I pray that you continue to, to grant us great peace about what's taking place in this, in this world right now. Be with our doctors as they continue to, to figure out how to, to stop this thing. Be with our nurses as they do the same thing. Lord, I, I do pray for our politicians, Lord, as they continue to make decisions, Lord, that affect us greatly. Lord, give them, give them guidance, give them discernment as well. For the men and women, Lord, that are fighting this thing tooth and nail, these men and women that are in uh, emergency services, Lord, those truck drivers that are hauling this stuff around, uh, Lord, for all these people working behind the scenes that never get a praise, Lord, I want to lift them up to you today. Lord, protect them. God, I pray that you keep them safe in their travels as well as they do their duty. And Lord, get them back home safely to their families. Father, we thank you for this beautiful Sunday that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for that that little rainbow that you popped out there in front of me today as I drove up here to Chestnutdale. God, I pray that uh, we'll continue to look at that rainbow as a great promise that you ain't never going to do that again to us. What a promise. Thank you for not breaking that one or any other promise you've ever made us. Father, I pray that today we've honored you and all that's been said or done. I'll listen to your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll try to be back here next Sunday. I'm not forbidden according to the uh, uh, executive order. Uh, nothing says I can't be here, but you can't be here, at least 10, 10 of us. So I'll be back here next Sunday, Lord willing, uh, and then in the morning, starting back tomorrow morning, uh, we're going to kick off devotions again around 630. Um, if you miss it, um, it it's, it's on there all day. Uh, you could be like Ange and, and binge watch me at the end of the week if you want to. Uh, but I appreciate everybody joining in today and uh, looking forward to hopefully getting to see everybody here real soon. So good day and God bless.